It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. By the way, during the week, Monday through Friday, please join us. Fox Business. The name of the show is Kudlow, 4 to 5 p.m. We welcome all comers. Now, with great pleasure, I welcome General Jack Keane, retired four-star general, chairman, Institute for the Study of War, Fox News Senior Strategic Analyst, and a Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient. General Keene, welcome back, sir. You know, before we start, I just want to thank you, sir, for your contributions to the Kudlow Show on Fox Business. It's enormously, enormously helpful. Uh, and um, I don't know what we do without you, to tell you the truth. I don't know what we would do without you. So I just want to say that. Now... Back to work. Uh, from what I gather, uh, Russia has not yet taken over Kiev. You've been talking about how this is a fight that's going to be much tougher than the Russians thought. It looks like your uh, analysis is quite correct. Zelensky is still hanging in there. So what's going on in the military front? What can you tell us? Well, <clears throat> well first of all, we said from the outset that Putin and his uh, military planners uh, selected the the most complicated campaign plan um, that they of all the options that were available, and that is to conduct four independent uh, ground and and sea approaches into Ukraine. All of them requiring their own individual logistical infrastructure, and also requiring close air support from their uh, air from the air power and air forces, uh, and naval forces as well, who provide cruise missiles, in support of each one of those axes. And only one of those axes has truly met the expectations, and that's the one from the south that came out of Crimea. So the axes going into uh, Kiev has had uh, major problems being slowed down, and now it's bogged down in the city. Not surprising, given the resistance. Uh, Kharkiv, uh, another city, is the same uh, issue. And the Donbass, there hasn't been much advancement uh, whatsoever. I'll give them some credit. That could be uh, a tactic on their part to keep fixed uh, the Ukraine military forces in that area so they cannot provide assistance to uh, to the capital city. Mm. But the, the Russians have clearly, their, their planning and their execution um, is suspect here, and it's not just the Ukrainian resistance. It's their, it's their own challenges. Listen, Larry, they've never done anything on a scale like this uh, since World War II, mm. um, and this is a very complicated option that they've selected. I mean, the United States military would be challenged by this option on four four axes of of advance uh, requiring the kind of support that's necessary. We could do it. Uh, but we would also put our minds on it. Is that the best course of action? Is, this, is there too much risk associated with it? The other thing that is stunning here, Larry, they don't have uh, complete airspace control. Huh. After three days, four nights, three days, the Ukrainian Air Force is still flying, and they have air defenses that are still operating uh, against Russian air power. That is absolutely stunning. The other one is, much to my surprise, I mean, they have not shut down uh, the Ukrainian internet, uh, they have not shut down their telecommunication systems. They haven't shut down their power grids. The water is operating. I, I, I'm assuming they've tried. Or when, it, when it's possible that given Putin's delusion here, 
you know, that somehow he can he can influence the Ukrainians. He is using the Internet to talk to the Ukrainian military and the Ukrainian people. And in so many words, he's he is telling them, you know, to overthrow their government, to move away from Zelensky. And that just even the fact that he's attempting uh, an act like that tells me that there's some that he's somewhat delusional. He doesn't understand that the Ukrainian people for the last eight years, given his provocation and incursion in 2014 in the Crimea and eastern Ukraine, that the people, they their resolve has stiffened and become profoundly anti-Russian and oriented towards integration to the West. And the fact that he thinks that somehow he could convince them of the latter at this slow date after he's killing them is just very delusional on his part. And that may be one of the reasons why he's letting the Internet operate, because he wants to influence the action on the ground uh, based on in his his own individual persona. What, this is fundamentally flawed on his part. The Ukrainians, their story is getting out, Larry, and obviously mm-hmm. are in the international broadcasters and, and particularly Fox is doing a superb job uh, it, uh, as well as uh, international radio commentators in telling the Ukrainian story. Mm. It, it's really extraordinary what is uh, what is happening here. What um, I mean, I know you said yesterday on this show that eventually they'll prevail. But I mean, maybe this is just one gigantic mistake and maybe he's just Putin's miscalculated. I mean, how long you reckon the Ukrainians can hold out? It's hard. I'd just be speculating. Uh, listen, at the end of the day, there's, Putin has put some restraints on his military mm. uh, for two reasons. One, uh, their history of using air power is unbelievably brutal. They did it in Chechnya where they went in and literally killed tens of thousands of, of civilians just to topple the civilians that they believe were supporting the Chechen resistance. When they went into Syria, into the major cities, they took entire neighborhoods down with carpet bombing, Mm. and they actually used deep penetration bombs to blow up hospitals that were under the ground, which is an international crime. Mm. Unbelievably brutal. They are not doing that here because they, they don't want undue reputational harm, which they're already suffering, certainly, uh, but they didn't want to become a pariah by toppling these cities, which they certainly have the capability to do, which would produce significant civil, civilian casualties. The other thing is their cautiousness also could be explained in the use of their own troops. That I think Putin is concerned about casualties to his forces and how that's going to register with his uh, domestic population. He had that concern back in 2014, so much so that he was – he was con- concealing the movement of of uh, Russian soldiers' bodies and everything, only being done at night, uh, moving them home and uh, arriving them at night and keeping it quite secret in terms of what the numbers were, lying about what, what, what the numbers were. So that may be another factor that's operating uh, here that provides some color as to what's taking place. But certainly the big story uh, is, is obviously the Ukrainian resistance. You know, the... As you say, the whole world is watching. I was interested, General Keene, you know, even China. China is uh, apparently, reportedly, putting the clamps on loans to Russia. That's a, it was a news story. It's been confirmed. Uh, 
China's a state-run economy by the Communist Party. Uh, they are uh, restraining the spigots of credit to Russia. They are not fully behind this, and they That's themselves. A big story. Uh, yeah, I know. It's just a very surprising story coming out. Well, they wanted to. They wanted diplomacy, not invasion. Um, they what did they do? They abstained in the Security Council. But I'm just saying the story I picked up last evening. Um, we'll see where that. Uh, we'll see where that plays out. You know, my thought. Look, um, the longer this goes, of course, uh, the better I think for Ukraine and and, yeah. and for freedom in general. But you know, I want to starve Russia of cash. And now Biden's doing everything wrong by shutting down fossil fuels. I just had Senator Cynthia Lummis of Wyoming on. She knows a whole lot about that. Uh, the Energy Department is is actually sitting on applications. Uh, for LNG exports. It's exactly the moment we need to pick up spare capacity to help the Europeans out. And they've stopped all all federal uh, uh, drilling has now been frozen. So that's exactly wrong. But, uh, Putin made a lot of money on the hike in oil prices, which has come from our restraints and restrictions on fossil fuels. But the other thing is, General Keene, my advocacy is we should the the swift system is is interesting but that's an information system we need to sanction the russian central bank along with sanctioning the commercial banks now biden has sanctioned many but not all of the commercial banks he should do it all and we should sanction the central bank that would stop dollar payments so we'd hurt his cash flow i want to stop his war financing and but you're uh, saying you're saying he has not he has not sanctioned the central bank? No, not yet. And it's, oh, there's this debate about the so-called SWIFT system, but the SWIFT system is an information system. It replaced the old telex system. It tells you uh, information about transactions. It is not a payment system. The payments okay. have to go through the Russian central bank. If we, This is what we did, Mnuchin and I and O'Brien and, and, and Pompeo and others. Uh, we cut – off the Iranian cash flow by sanctioning their central bank. And it worked. And it worked fast. Yeah. And it would work the same way with Russia. Because so, I mean, obviously, the guys in the Treasury and the State Department, the, the guys that pull the switch on all of that, they're still there. They know how to do this. That's stuff. right. Exactly right. The career people know how to do it. They're just waiting for uh, political direction. So we'll see on that front. So far, nothing. I'm absolutely stunned by what you just said. I, I assumed... When he said he was going after Russia's big banks, words to that effect, this is the president speaking, I thought it was the central bank for sure. No, sir. You you took me through and educated me on this once before on television yep. um, uh, in terms of the significance of the central bank and and how the SWIFT system in of itself, while it's it, it's it's crucial and it's important, it's not as vital as the central bank. That's system. right. It's not a payments wire. It's not a payments yeah, wire. Yeah. And i got to tell you uh, – Day before, I had a discussion with my friend Steve Mnuchin, who was Treasury Secretary when we uh, sanctioned the Iranian essential. I just wanted to check. I said, am I right? I'm not seeing it in the news. And he said, no, they haven't done that yet. And they need to do that. If you want something that is swift and severe, to use President Biden's quote, that's what you have to do. You go for the yeah. central bank. Uh, and they haven't done it yet. So I'm trying to cut off his war financing, sir. You know, that's in the yeah. besides the no. military side. Uh, well, if, 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 
when when you do something like that, I mean, uh, an army runs on guns for sure, but it also runs on butter, mm-hmm. and it, and it needs logistical support, which is one of the operational problems they're having right now, and and you you shut down that logistical support for an army to include the resupply of its ammunition, it it stops. Yep. It stops. It's just that. That's how you stop it. So um, let me switch gears slightly. Um, we had on uh, the show last night after you, we had um, Professor Walter Russell Mead, very, very smart guy. He's an old friend of mine. Yep. wrote an op-ed piece in the journal um, and I'll just quote his thesis. Putin aims to topple the U.S. from its global position, break the post-Cold War world order, cripple the European Union, and defeat NATO. Now, that's from Professor Walter Russell Mead. Uh, as you know, um, Putin issued a warning to Finland and Sweden uh, about going into NATO. Uh, he said there'll be consequences if they go into NATO. And as we discussed briefly last night on Fox Business, um, some people are talking about if they do take uh, Ukraine, they will go after Lithuania. Now, you know, this may be the work of a madman, but I just wanted to get your thinking on all of this because this is very serious business. No, I, uh, I read most of... Uh what Walter Mead has to say, and, and I think he's got uh, you know great insight. I, I don't disagree with his, his basic premise at all. I mean, uh, Putin has been talking about this for some time, ever since he went to the Munich conference in 2007, mm. and, and Munich Security Conference, which is, for our audience's benefit, it's an annual affair uh, where the leaders in Europe come together and the United States to discuss essentially foreign policy and national security and Putin came to that uh, and this is he's seven years in power when he does it and he expresses his frustration with NATO expansion and and the, and the fact that they're seeking uh, to dominate and contain uh, Russia and in this his comments are explosive and 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 they just sort of were discarded uh, you know because uh, Russia didn't have all that influence. Their military was just rebuilding. Um, Putin was a strong man with a thuggish personality, uh, but maybe not to be taken too seriously. And then in 2008, he goes into Georgia mm-hmm. uh, after the invitation was extended for Georgia and Ukraine to become a part of the uh, become a part of NATO. So I think this is his vision. Uh, and I and I think he's expanded on it quite a bit in that hour dissertation that he provided to, on international television uh, this this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was quite clear, you know, about what his frustration is. And I uh, Belarus was a step in the right direction and didn't cause him a lot of problems. The people were pushing back on a dictator who had his disagreements with Putin, but those disagreements were put inside because Putin helped him to stay in power and. And as a result of that, that I think buoyed him because now he has Belarus, and you know where that's located, right next to Poland, right next to Lithuania and Latvia, uh, and obviously north of uh, Ukraine. And that was a huge strategic victory for him to get Belarus completely in the, in his orbit. 
and now Ukraine. This is all part of his vision. And I do think he's going to challenge NATO's existence. Mm. And it would likely be over the Baltics. And, and the next time our viewers are looking at a map, just look and see where Lithuania is. And you'll see how Belarus occupies the biggest part of that border. And now Russian troops will stay in Belarus. I guarantee you they will stay there permanently. Mm. And they'll be bucked up against the, the Polish border and the Lithuanian border. And then to the south of Lithuania, where it touches the Baltic Sea, there's a piece of Russia that is there, and it's referred to as Kaliningrad. And Putin has put in that piece of terrain some of the most sophisticated defensive and offensive missiles that they own, which, and the purpose of which is to deny NATO any air power or sea access that would interfere with ground forces taking control of Lithuania or one of the other Baltic nations. So yes, most of us, when we look at it strategically, the Baltic small countries, easy to take control of, Russian minorities present there, that would be the justification mm. because they're being uh, intimidated, harassed, genocide or whatever. All the false narratives we heard associated with Ukraine, small militaries and not much NATO presence. Mm. We have got to recognize what Walter Mead is saying. Mm. The, the United States government's got to internalize this, wake up and get serious that Putin, while he may be delusional, and he may be insulated to a fault and and not seeing the world in terms of its its reality. We have to deal with what his motivations are and, 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 and wake up and get serious about it. All right, we'll leave it there. General Jack Keane, thank you, sir, for everything. I will see you Monday, undoubtedly. Folks, we take a quick break. This is the Larry Kudlow Show.